This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. And welcome. Thank you for listening and downloading. It's it's been several weeks since my last confession. <laughs> actually, uh, I'm actually probably the one who needs to confess. So what I need to confess is that Sean is a better friend than I am. <laughs> I am when, when we talk about which one of us is the true enab- enabler. That's me. The person who actually has some sense is Sean. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> well, as I said, you're a better friend than I am. You're the uh, you're the one. I don't care what it is. You're sitting there showing me something, going, "What do you think?" And I'm going, "Buy it, get it." And, get and it. I'm going, and I'm sending you things, going, "What do you think?" And you're going, oh, "I'm not sure you're going to like that one." <laughs> <laughs> you don't typically like forty caliber, man. That's uh, <laughs> I don't think you're going to be really happy with that. And, well, uh, I'll, I'll I'll throw the little story in now so that we can get to your pretty new shotgun, um, which is I uh, the there's a piece of equipment I use at work that in which what we the easiest thing we found to transport it in are the Plano rifle cases. Uh, yeah. By the way, if you walk down D.C. with a Plano rifle case because you forgot to take it up when you were just in the back of the building, um, a Metro D.C. police officer will stop you. You know, I've heard that's probably true <laughs> <laughs> from, from experience. So I went into Cabela's to pick up one because I had a new piece of equipment that needed to be, be able to be transported. And while I was there, I just decided to cruise the gun counter. And as you do, the, as you do. Um, and uh, as I, I also walk past the gun library, because what I've been looking for is more likely going to be found used than new these days anyway. And what they've been doing with the gun library is closing and locking it because they don't have enough employees at the moment. <laughs> and so what to get in there, what you have to do is ask one of the gun counter employees to let you in. And I wasn't really going to bother with it because I really wasn't looking to buy anything. I didn't think it was going to be there anyway. But as I walked past the gun counter, somebody looked at me and said, is there anything we can help you with? And I went, you know, no, not really. I'm not really planning on buying anything today. Unless, of course, you've got a few moments you want to let me into the gun library to look around. If you, if the answer is no, it's cool because I really have no intentions of buying anything today. And the guy went, I've got nothing else better to do right now. Let's go look at the gun library. <laughs> so... As I go through the gun library, apparently they had gotten a, a large stack of LEO trade-in stuff in to Cabela's. And it was basically four cabinets of uh, Glocks, which is no interest to me whatsoever. No. And then until I came across a police issue, six-hour P229 for only 400 bucks. Now, this is a firearm that typically goes for anywhere from 900 to just over 1000 So 400 bucks is a really good freaking deal. However, it was a forty caliber. <laughs> Which is one of the calibers that Jake is just super not big on because he has taste and he is sane. 
but the worst part about it is, is I looked at this and, you know, uh, looked up some stuff on the Internet and went, oh, it's actually possible to convert it to a nine millimeter. Now, it's going to cost a couple hundred bucks for a barrel and then new magazines, which are 50 bucks a piece. So, you know, it's it's steadily not becoming a good deal. But I have myself convinced (laughs) that this is a good deal. You're going to love this. So I sent Sean a picture as the guy starting to run my background check. And Sean's like, um, I thought you didn't like 40 caliber. <laughs> and I even flat out said, dude, you're supposed to be my enabler. If I, if I wanted a kill trip, I'd have called the wife. <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> he did do that. So he, he went. I'm just uh, just trying to be a good friend here. I mean, you know, you said you don't like 40 caliber. And in the process of all of this, the guy I'm running the background check, background check comes back in like 20 seconds. As of normal. course it does. Yeah. I was sitting, the worst part about it is I'm sitting there going, okay, if I get delayed for the first time ever, this will be the sign that I shouldn't buy this gun. Nope. No, clear, no, clear sailing. Yeah. <laughs> background, you guys packing everything up. He goes back in the back and I'm sitting there looking at, at Sean's text. And I finally just went, I, I, I can't do this. I can't. The guy comes back. He's got every. He's got the box all taped up. You know they have to tape it closed oh, no. to make sure that you don't use it on the way out. And I just looked at the guy and I went, you know what? I'm gonna. This is. I know. I know this is a dick move, and I'm really sorry. Um, I'm not gonna. I, do I, that. I, I'm not gonna buy this. And he went, oh, that's no big deal. And I went, no, I mean, look, I, I know you, you. You were nice enough to let me in, and you went through all this. He goes, it's, it's not a big deal. And I went, because I, I, I really feel, he says, goes, dude, it's not a big deal. I'm, this just means I get to buy it myself. <laughs> and, and it's, and it's kind of funny because when you, when you convinced yourself to buy one of those, there's like that high. And then on the car ride home, there's a high. When you get it home and open it up and everything, you're still riding high. It's really the next day when you're like, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Actually, it would have been why I was shopping for conversion barrels. God, how much is it going to cost to get this? Oh, crap. Because <laughs> that's always what it is. Like, how much is it going to cost to get this thing the way I want it? And, oh. and it also started when I when the guy was uh, saying, do you need anything else? And I went, oh, maybe I'll go grab a box of 40. It's not like I've got any 40 at home, and I realized how much 40 costs at the moment. Oh, it's not cheap. No. It's not cheap, man. It's It's... It's about like getting thirty eight special, <laughs> so, something like that at the moment, or yeah, but three eighty for crying but, out loud. But, but a thirty eight special, you, what are you going to put six into uh, into the into a revolver, you know, versus you know fifteen? Yeah, you do go through them a little quick. Yeah, uh, yeah, you probably so, you probably made the better choice on that. So Sean was a good friend. <laughs> What I wasn't was, uh, or what I was, was a hypocrite, because I went to... (laughs) No, actually, you weren't, though, because you bought something that even in the last cast you were talking about the fact that you wanted. I wanted one bad. I've been talking about this for a little while, and I wanted an Ithaca 37. And I know everybody's like, God, what is it with him and the Ithacas? I don't know. I've reviewed this in, you know, my particular wants and needs and all that kind of stuff do i need another ithaca no uh do i just like old freaking ithacas yeah i just seem to and i now possess because the the thing that bothered me and here's here's the thing and uh, being a man of ocd you'll understand what i'm saying (laughs) 
I I had the XL900, which is Ithaca's famous, uh, made by SKB in Japan. Ithaca's famously branded uh, Upland 20-gauge automatic. Okay, they were famous for it. It was really good in the 1970s, uh, which is the version I have. I have the 1970s uh, version of that automatic. I've done absolutely nothing but clean it, basically. And I think I might have ordered a, st- a rubber stopper because the, the one that was in there was disintegrating. And that's all I've ever I think done. I remember to it. that. Yeah, I, that's all I've ever done to it. I, I didn't even refinish it. I'm like, I'm gonna drag this out into a field and beat the crap out of it. I'm just gonna keep it like this and clean it good. And it, it's been working great. I love it. I have that one. It's one of their iconic ones. I also have one of their on the other end of the scale, one of their infamous ones, which is the uh, Ithaca Model 51 Featherlight, and uh, it's a dumpster fire. And uh, I fixed it up famously on the cast, and and as many people can read on the site and have heard on the cast, that it's it's one of my favorite shotguns and everything. But one of the things that was killing me is I didn't ever own, I've never even had it for a day, was Ithaca's real famous gun, their, uh, which was the Model 37. It was designed by John Browning. It was the precursor to the 870. Uh, the the Mossberg even took some inspiration from the the Ithaca 37. It is, by all accounts, the grandfather of pump action. Not the great grandfather, which would be I think it's the Winchester. I can't remember what it is, um, but it's the but it it is one of the founders of pump action shotguns. It is immensely reliable and they're built like tanks. And I just have never owned one, and I wanted one. And the problem is, um, now Ithaca famously, again, went out of business in the 19, I want to say, 90s somewhere, uh, early 2000s, and then came back up in the early 2000s, bought by another company and everything like that, and kind of redid the brand, and they're kind of still going along. Kind of like Remington and Marlin. Right. Um, they they had some problems, uh, honestly, due to uh, a lot of the warranty issues and and bad feelings of the Model 51 uh, and the the taking off of the Mossberg 500 and the the flooding of the market of the uh, Remington 870. They kind of lost a lot of their market. Uh, they had some warranty issues with the 51 and they, they went out of business for a little while. Happens to gun companies on and off. Well, um, the 37 was never a problem. 37's a a very interesting and and solidly built gun. I wanted one. Oh, and... I mean, uh, it, it the for the it, pff, wow, English just completely failed me. <laughs> <laughs> the linkage between my brain and my mouth just completely went just no. failed. Senior <laughs> moment, inject here. <laughs> What I was about to say is, if this is a picture of the shotgun that you sent me, when you talk about sturdily built, that thing actually looks like you could beat a hog to, de- to death with it. Oh, God, yeah. No, that is indeed the one. I, the the one I sent you uh, earlier this weekend, yeah. Um, th- th- it is sturdy. <laughs> um, now, in this one more than some others, the, the 37 is a 12 or 20 gauge pump action, bottom ejecting, bottom loading, uh, so you load and eject in the same port, and it ejects straight down pump-action shotgun. It is one of two commercially available uh, pump-action shotguns that work that way. The other one is the Browning BPS, which is a flaming pile of dung. 
Uh, I attribute <laughs> the the much often overused, but in this case entirely applicable garbage rod to the uh, Browning BPS. It's just don't buy one. <laughs> I I hate them. <laughs> Anyone who's... Is what, is, isn't that what the arrogant guy on TFB calls like a um, Mosin or something like that? Yeah, a Mosin. Yeah, Mosin the Gat. Uh, however you want to say it, whatever your pronunciation is. I grew up hearing Mosin the Gat. Um, uh, there's other people who pronounce it differently, but yes, um, they, he he arrogantly calls that a garbage ride. I will admit that the Mosin the Gat is not the greatest. <laughs> um, my father, who has fired them. Um, and shot them next to a Garand in the military um, with uh, his friends and stuff like that when he was a younger man in Vietnam, uh, also agrees with the arrogant uh, dude that it is a flaming piece of dung. I, did, I, did, I just said he was arrogant. I didn't say he was wrong. Well, apparently, yeah, nobody likes that rifle. <laughs> Although, you know, Vasily Saitsev used it to great effect in, in World War II. I think that was just him coming from behind on a deficit, and he was just that good that he could even use that rifle and still do as good as he did. But that's neither here nor there. Don't buy a Browning BPS. <laughs> but a lot of people use fantastically crappy rifles and do amazing things with them. Oh, yeah. I, I think even, that's... Even if it's just make it look pretty, put it on the wall and say, look, I've got one. Right. And and that's great stuff. I mean, whatever. Just if you enjoy your sanity, don't get a BPS. Um, but I did want an Ithaca 37. And I was looking for a kind of eh version of them because I didn't have a lot of money. Or I didn't. Let me rephrase that. I didn't want to spend a lot of money on this. And uh, we've gone to a couple of shows in a couple of weeks here. And this is our... Uh, or the last one we did, as this cast was recorded, was yesterday. And we were walking along the show. We were almost to the end of the show. We kind of work on, in this show, we work kind of, it's in a circle. So you kind of work in concentric rings in. And we were almost to the inside of the ring um, here on this one. And I pulled up, and on the outside of the rack, uh, they had an old Mossberg 520 gauge with a dial choke I don't know if you know what that is, but... On older Mossbergs, they had this really cool system where you basically can turn uh, the edge or the the outside crown of the uh, choke and adjust it so you can go from no choke all the way down to a full by turning the outside crown or ring of the choke on uh, the Mossberg 500. And it's a really neat system. I always like, I, I love them when I see them because everybody loves to, to play with them. And, and it was Mossberg's answer to the interchangeable choke system. They're just like, well, we'll put every choke on the same gun and you just dial in what you want. Out of curiosity, does that hold up well? Actually, it's not bad. Um, because I'm sitting here thinking of the moving parts it would take to do that and then having, you know, shot bounce around inside of it trying to, to head out just might they foul that up well they if you use and here's the thing if you use lead shot it's fine because it's hardened steel the problem is you can't really hunt with them because steel shot will mess them up a little bit so in a lot of states you can't use lead shot on waterfowl so when people started running steel shot through them, they just shot them up. If you run lead shot through them, which are the surviving ones, uh, if you ran lead shot through it and just use it as a target gun or maybe an upland gun or something like that or, or a varmint gun, um, it 
it probably survived and um, works fine. But that was really the downfall for it is is Steel Shot kind of shot him up. But this one dialed in fine and all that kind of thing. And I picked it up and I was like, oh, man, that's neat. And then when I put it down, I noticed what was about three or four spaces down. And I went, "Uh oh, and I reached over, picked it up and it was a freaking Ithaca 37 and it was an old one. And I picked up the tag and it said 1959 Ithaca 37R. And the R designation, at the time it was made in the 1950s, R was the highest line or highest up the chain they did. I don't think the RD, which is the uh, uh, deluxe model, the R stands for ribbed. It has a solid rib on the top. The RD was the ribbed deluxe, and it means it had a little bit more engraving, and the the sight was a little bit better and all that kind of thing. Uh, But this one was a 37R, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And then I looked at the bottom of the stock, and it is gorgeous. Um, It is... It is cross-cut tigered maple uh, with a carved cheek piece. It is cut to 14 and a half uh, length of pull, which is exactly my length of pull. And somebody, it looks like in the 1980s, put a fiber optic four millimeter bead side on it. Okay, so here's my question for you. As awesome as all of that is, even if it had a beat to shit stock on it that you had to replace, you were still going home with that sucker, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it was, it, I mean, it ticked all the boxes um, already. It was an older Ithaca 37, which is really what I wanted. I wanted one of the older ones. Um, the pre-1960 or 65 or something like that, you can slam fire them, which does work with this gun. Um, not that I've tried it, but it works with this gun. Did fa- it was an R, which meant it had every bell and whistle that Ithaca could do at the time, including a rib, and I love a rib shotgun. It also had a solid rib, uh, which is exceedingly rare, and it had a custom competition cheek piece, you know, a, a high comb stock, which was beautifully hand carved. Uh, it had a flared end cap on the on the bottom of the hand. It just it just looks gorgeous. If you ever want to see it, um, it'll be on the um, website as the cast pick for this cast. You can see it. I showed Jake a picture, and even Jake went, "Yeah, that's pretty shotgun." It it's gorgeous. Uh, there weren't very many that left the factory like this um, at the time. Like I said, at the time, um, this was a shooting competition gun probably one of the best you could have in the era as far as a pump gun goes it's two and three quarter only so it's it's specifically meant for targeting just amazing and it wasn't cheap um i was really wanting to stay in the like this is a project gun four to 450 range i blew straight past that this gun was marked 800 i did not pay that for it uh, he came down quite a bit uh, when I came in and, uh, yeah, I got $500 with me. And he's like, yeah, I can't come down to that. There's an ATM right over there. Uh, let's let's talk some more. <laughs> and I said, well, why don't you sit on that? And I put it back and walked off. And my dad, you know, Bona was just like, you're not leaving that gun, are you? I'm like, of course I'm not leaving that gun. I can't leave here without that. I can't tell him that. I'm like, if you're going to push me, I'd probably pay the 800 but I don't want to do that. Negotiations, Dad. Yeah, exactly. And I, but 
And, and it's funny because for five or six years, we've been to maybe a hundred gun shows of, of where each one of these shows has maybe anywhere from five to 10,000 firearms at it. I've never, and I mean never seen one, a 37 like this ever. And he goes, you can't leave it. He's like, did you see that stock? I'm like, yeah, I did. He goes, that was a factory stock. I know it's a factory stock. <laughs> like, don't help me. You're not selling it. You're you're supposed to be on my side, not his. You know, so we walk around a while, and uh, he's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, we're going to get lunch. We're going to sit down. He goes, what are, you, what are you talking about? I'm like, nobody's going to buy what? that but me. Well, I'm just going to say, what would you have done if you had gone back and it was gone? I, it wasn't going to be. I the The thing is... There are there, you can kind of read the crowd and and read the room. At that particular just, show, there weren't any Ithaca people there. Not really. Um, there's there was a lot of like if there was if it was the Mesquite show, like you can look in line and it's a bunch of beards and you know I call it bellies and beards, right? There's lots of old fat men. Okay, hey, then I'd be worried. Hey, I resemble that <laughs> remark. <laughs> Yeah, but you're more one of the black rifle crowd. I'm not worried about you. You wouldn't even know. Actually, you would because I spend, you know, hours on end talking about it with you. But, you know, I looked at the crowd and all of them were wearing black tactical T-shirts and they have their black rifle, black rifle coffee hats. And, you know, they're all swarming the AR table. This thing is kind of in the center. And, you know, the guy's selling old ass shotguns that look like they've been beat to hell. Um, and he had a table full of handmade knives. Um, Ooh, yeah, I, that which, I would have been interested in. Oh, they're beautiful. They were really beautiful. I had them throw one in the sale. Uh, I'll send you a picture. That too is a neat knife. <laughs> it's got a little Texas star on it. This is neat. Um, but uh, I, you know, I'm like we're gonna have lunch. We're gonna make them sweat it out, right? Because I, I was sure that I was gonna walk out of there with that. There was nobody else gonna buy it. In front of me, I, I knew that I was probably the only one there at that time who was in the market for one of these. And probably half the people there didn't even know what it is. And which is kind of one of the, the benefits to wanting to hunt down old guns that are that are classics, but they're not like the, the famous classics. Like if it was a, a you know, a nickel plated Ruger Vaquero or a, a Colt Peacemaker or something like that then you start to worry cuz everyone knows what that is if it's you know a a an old winchester model 12 or you know a, a marlin 336 with the the gold engraving or something like that or an old ass henry or you know something everyone knows what that is then you you better get on it but it wasn't one of those <laughs> um it was dirty and it was not displayed correctly and and if you didn't know what it was, you weren't going to pick it up. And I, I, we had lunch and all that kind of thing and, and uh, went back over there. And I'm like, so I went to the ATM. I have this much money. And it was a, a little more on my side between him and me. And uh, I'm like, I will. And I put the cash on the table. And I learned this is the best thing you can do. I put the cash on the table, let him see it. I said, I have this much money. Here it is. Now, I can either take that. Or I can pick this up and I can walk on. And I said, and I want one of those knives too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he looked at it, and it's very difficult. If you're, here's the reason I, I I knew it would work. One, he was an independent. 
This isn't the type of thing, like, like I didn't have to fill any paperwork for this. Uh, this was, you know, a private seller who bought a booth at a gun show. Um, he wasn't, he didn't have an FFL. He was selling his private stock and he was really there to sell knives, but he wanted the extra money for the guns. And I knew this was way more because it costs a hundred dollars a day to rent one of those tables. And he only had one table. So it's, and it was on, you know, in the middle of an aisle. So it's like, look, <laughs> this is going to pay for your entire show today, tomorrow, and have left money left over. Give me the gun and one of those little knives, not even the expensive one, one of the cheap ones. And we'll call it a day. You know, you get what you want. I get what I want. Everybody's happy and showed them the money. And, you know, had that been one of these guys with like 15 tables, and, you know, like the, uh, and I'm sure you've seen these, you know, the, the, the cable lock where you, if you unhook it, it starts blaring and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Had it been one of those tables and they all have fitted shirts and they use knife hands to point to things and sh- like, like that guy ain't going to come down $5. <laughs> this guy came he, down hundreds. Because he doesn't have to. Yeah. He doesn't have to. One, it's not his money. Two, he doesn't care. He has a margin that he knows he cannot go below he's going to be on every show from now on and he doesn't really care right it's not his stuff this guy it was his own private stock he's just in it to to get some extra cash this was going to be more than he was making at the entirety of the show today and he made it two hours after the show opened on the first day so and here's the money here it is (laughs) you know like from me to you handed me the gun i hand you the cash everybody walks away happy and he gave it to me uh, which is great. I love it when I buy a gun and I fill out paperwork. But I've been chasing this gun, no joke, for six years. I mean, you've heard me complain about it and all that kind of thing for, for a long time. I was so giddy. Bono was happier than I was. He, he was like, we finally got one. I'm like, what's this wee stuff, old man? Funny how it's suddenly ours. Yeah, it's funny how it's ours. Well, I was here for emotional support. <laughs> right. Um but you know he did come down and and it was nice and and uh i i got the 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 gun took it home and everything and it was of course i mean he and you knew what it was it was his private gun he you know that he had acquired or gotten somewhere and it sat in a closet for 20 years it was dirty and cranky and it took two and a half hours to clean it i took it out to the ranch uh earlier this morning as this cast is being recorded and it is sticking and uh, you know it'll eject <laughs> it'll load it'll fire but it won't do all those three it won't do all three of those things at once uh, basically what it's doing is i think the chamber is just really really rough and nasty it's just kind of sticking in the barrel which happens with old shotguns i can't tell you how many shotguns that i've had to kind of i won't say ream but take a a shotgun brush load it down with hops nine stick it the brush in the end of a drill and just kind of stick it down the uh chamber and you know and and get that so, thing yeah cleaned you're out. basically polishing the inside of the barrel at that point right and and that's really what you got to do you do it with a brass brush first and then you do it with some polishing compound and then you do it with a dowel with some denim uh wrapped around it and uh, put some polishing compound on that until it basically looks like chrome on the inside. And then it's fine. But, you know, I took the Make barrel. It gleam. Exactly. I want to see myself in it. 
Uh, and once you do that, it's fine. I didn't do that. I was excited. I was in a hurry and all that kind of thing. It fires fine. It ejects fine. Or, uh, you know, it'll it'll eject the shell off the bottom of the gun fine. But it won't fire a sp- or it won't eject a spent shell because it's expanded. And it's sturdy. Um, effectively, it's rough. It's dirty. It's probably got some rust in there. I can't really see super good. Um, but it's rough. So I'll get that fixed. And I will finally have... A one of a kind. I mean, this thing is gorgeous. I mean, I don't know if you've ever looked up pictures of other Ithaca Model 37s. They don't look this good. It is beautiful. Uh, the The back of that stock is just absolutely gorgeous, and I am super happy to have it, even though I so, spent too much money. So, how, how much time have you been sitting on the couch rubbing it with a diaper? Oh, all night. Oh, I sat with it all day. <laughs> I did. I was like, it's my branches. I mean, I've been chasing. I, I re- basically reverted to type. I mean, if you, I mean, I've been buying some new guns and, and shuffling new guns for a while now. And uh, Jake has been asking me, he's like, so when are you going to revert to type and just start buying old ass shotguns again? I'm like, apparently now. Um, well, I mean, hell, I've re- reverted to type and started swapping handguns out again. You know? <laughs> Isn't it funny how that happens? I mean, um, <laughs> you, you call me the black rifle guy, and I actually don't even have a black rifle. I've got a black rifle pistol. <laughs> That's true. I should but call it, you the. But, I should show you the synthetic pistol guy. <laughs> but but it's and, and actually even then I've gone primary. I've only got you know I take that back. I've got two synthetic uh, grip pistols. All the rest of them are steel at this point or aluminum. Yeah, that's actually true. You've got a lot of uh, you got a lot of sig. I'll give you that. But it, it no, was it's all, it's all it's all sig in one Walder at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say this though, that thing is just. I mean, it's like a little tank. It's not even little. It's just a tank. It's it's heavy, and you're right. I mean, that thing could stop. You don't even have to put a bullet through. You could stop a charging rhino with the damn thing. It is solidly built. <laughs> is it wrong that I'm picturing Yosemite Sam clocking his shotgun over the top of a camel at the moment? When I say whoa, I mean whoa. <laughs> exactly. It's like that. I mean, that thing... Is is a rock. I I see why people like them. I see why they last because there's just so much steel. Um, it's and it's actually a, a pretty short receiver, but damn, is the rest of it built heavy. And the stock is maple, so it's heavy too. Um, it's got a little bitty forend, and then just like everywhere else is chunk. It's just chunky, and uh, it's it's just neat. It's just a neat gun to have and and play with and everything. So I was thoroughly excited. I finally got my damn 37. I I now have three Ithaca. So I own. Uh, I'm selling Bono one uh, to pay for this one. Uh, I now own. So, so so he's right. It was we. Look, don't 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 help him. <laughs> don't help him. He doesn't he doesn't need helping. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, it will, it will pay for this, but of the 12 shotguns I own, or maybe it's 11, because Buona bought one, I think it's 11, um, three of them are freaking Ithacas. <laughs> so a, pro- a full quarter of them are Ithacas at this point. Um, I, I, but I think, I think it's finally out of my system. There's not another shotgun that, um, Ithaca makes that I want, <laughs> that I don't already have. Uh, so I think... I think I've finally put to bed my Ithaca collection. Well, I've, okay. I've gotten it. 
So being the fact that both of us are addicts who can't in, stop what we're doing and always have to be looking for something, now that you've got your Ithaca, Oh, no, don't ask that next? question. Oh, oh. Okay, I've been considering that question. I mean, I, hey, if, if, you know, because we both have done it before. What next may be uh, I'm just cruising um, shows and websites until I see something that screams, I'm next. Um, <laughs> but is there something that's making you go, okay, I could move on to this now? Well, I, I can tell you, I, I can narrow it down the other way. Um, I don't have an automatic that I want right now. Um, I have three automatic, four, I guess, technically, uh, five, fuck, uh, <laughs> I've got the Ithaca automatic, the, the 51, I have the other Ithaca XL 900, that's two, uh, I have the fab arm, the Beretta and the Winchester, that's five automatics. Um, so a f- almost four, uh, full half. Okay. And out of all that, you said that you don't have the automatic that you want. None no, of no. those are the one that you no, want. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm good. On automatic. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I have the the one that I the, like. If I if you had if you told me today I have to sell every gun and keep one, only one gun. No matter what it is, only one gun. It would be the Winchester SX4. Figured, yeah. yeah. That's just that's my gun. If you say I could have two, the Beretta'd be right behind it. I I really like that gun. Um, today, that's the one <laughs> would be behind it. Uh, but yeah, automatics. I I've got. I, I, there's really not an automatic out there that I don't have that I want. I mean, it's it's not like I, I see some and they're like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's nice, but it's not it's not anything I need to spend on. So automatics, I think I'm good. Um, pump guns after the Ithaca 37, um, I'm kind of good. I got a couple of those, and, and you know, I'm, I'm pretty good on that. I got a lever action. Um, I don't need one of those. Uh, the only thing I don't have is, and I, I don't. I don't know if I actually want one, but Buona's got one and I don't. <laughs> That's an well, over these are, the impo- these are the important things. These are the important things, right? And you know what I'm talking about. When your father and your brother have something and you don't. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. You do remember the saga of the Walther PPK, correct? <laughs> yes, I do. I remember. Uh, okay. Well, the, the last time we went shooting, my brother was shooting the hell out of it, really enjoying it, other than the fact that his uh, slide bike sight was just bloody by the time he was done. God, you know, and the, the PPK is like the burst. It does snap a little bit, and if you're holding it anywhere incorrectly, it will bite you. It just will. Um, so I was on the phone with my father a couple of days ago, and he was uh, talking about what he wants his next purchase to be, and he said... Um, you know, I, I, his first question was, as he said, somebody offered him a P320 40 caliber. <laughs> and I went, no. No. I said, you, you, don't, you don't want that. You don't want that for the same reason you said you didn't want the 45. Uh, it's just going to beat the shit out of you. You know, 75-year-old hands, no. Yeah. Um, he goes, well, then I was thinking about a 380. And I went, great. Just don't buy one like Andrews. <laughs> because <laughs> he's miserable with that he won't say that but have you seen oh, his hands <laughs> so what what the, the pictures i sent him of things to choose from were the um uh the ccp m2 380 they're still making them but they're only making them in 380s now oh that's a fantastic gun 
Yep. Then I sent him. Um, shit. Well, I, well I, there's one I wanted to end with because it was the one that I felt bad that I had to send to him, but it was fair. So I sent him that one. And oh, I also sent him the nine one one from Springfield, which is the one that looks like a little nineteen eleven. It's I the three eighty, to... right? The the nineteen or the nine eleven Springfield three eighty. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I, I, did, I wanted to send him that one versus the one from Sig because I knew he wasn't going to spend the one the, the amount of money that Sig wants for theirs. You know, I and I get it. Springfield, if you're if you're down with Springfields. They make a fine gun. It's just that, and it's and it's cheaper, right? It's it's like thirty, forty percent cheaper than yeah. a Sig. But if you if you're a Sig guy, or or God help you, you're in the new market and you fired a Sig. Oh yeah, it's you're like, well, this isn't as good. <laughs> Like, this isn't the same. <laughs> There's only one thing from Springfield that I'm even considering at the moment, and, I keep, and I've been going back and forth on it, and that's because I want a 45, but I don't want a 1911, and I don't want a Glock. An XD Mod 2. Well, no, no. Actually, the XD Mod 2, first of all, they're not making the XD Mod 2s anymore. Um, second of all, that thick of a grip does not fit my hand, which is why I've sold it every time I've tried to buy it. Um, but the XDS Mod 2 for a 45 might actually work for me. Does it say Grip Zone? Actually, it does not. <laughs> what a pity. <laughs> if it said Grip Zone, there's no way in hell I'd buy it. <laughs> but the other, the other one I sent my father, and it broke my heart to send it to him because it's one of my least favorite guns on the face of the earth, but... It was. It's not for me. It's for him, and I think he'd actually like it. A sky. What? No. <laughs> no. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody likes a sky. People look. Think they're gonna like a sky. People look at the price tag and go, "Ooh, I want a sky." Nobody likes a sky. <laughs> no, it's the Smith and Wesson EZ three eighty. Oh, you didn't send him a three an EZ, did you? I didn't. Well, I sent him a picture, one to look at it. I, I personally friends don't let friends get a, a, <laughs> an wait a minute didn't your sister-in-law end up with one from you look let's not get caught up in who <laughs> directed who to buy what all right <laughs> yeah I, I mean I personally can't stand them but he's uh you know he's in his 70s like your father he's looking for something that's going to be a little bit on the gentle side to shoot actually as yeah. much as as I mean, much as it's... I may loathe the firearm, it's not for me. You know, it's it's not really for me either. I, but some people really like them. I won't say a lot of people, because every every used gun case around here in my area has is at least you know like a fifth full of used EZs and shields. Uh, just because in any configuration, it doesn't seem to matter whether it's a compact or a full size or 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 what it is. You know, I, I, they they come back, and I I honestly think, and this is this is my own personal opinion. Okay, this is not predicated on anybody's review or testing or, or clinical data or numbers of any kind. I honestly think. It's because they kind of lack character and soul. They function fine, 
but it's a lot like driving a 1980s Volvo. Okay, it's just a box, <laughs> boxy but good. Hey, I had one of those. It's like it's it's bad when Glock makes you look flashy, or you know, when a Glock looks flashy, you have done something wrong. It's just it doesn't feel like anything special. It's very clinical, actually. And and I know somewhere along the line, somebody's probably going to hear what I'm about to say and and just be horrified that I would say it this way, but. It's kind of like you've got – it's like pickup trucks. You've got the guy with the Ford. You've got the guy with the Chevy. And, you know, then you've got the guys with the Toyotas. And if you're Smith & Wesson, you're like the guy off to the side with a GMC. <laughs> it's a pickup truck. It's actually probably a nice pickup truck. Actually, probably runs great, but it's it's GMC. Yeah, it's just kind of – yeah. It's just like some, you know, it was probably an expensive pickup truck. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. But it's just it, it, like, uh, you know, a ton and a half of some truck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just, I, I don't. And you guys are getting, there's some GMC owners out there. It's like, GMC is the up-edge version of Chevy. It's like, yeah, but the Chevy has more style. <laughs> well, and, and the worst part about it is there's, a, there's, a, there's at least one Smith & Wesson owner out there going, I love my M&P. I maybe uh, I don't know. See, I don't think there's anybody who's just in love with their M and P. I think there's people who use one and say it's never jammed, and like because that's what always what they say, right? Like it's a very reliable gun, right? It's not. It's not what people who who are into like go go to any gun enthusiast and. And they always have the same tone of voice when they describe, whether it's on YouTube or on a website or just in person when you're when you're out and about. Like, go to anybody who's describing, who knows anything about guns, and when they're describing a shield or an EZ or something like that, or an MP, they use the same thing. Well, it's a very reliable firearm. <laughs> you know? Like and ask them to talk about something like a Sig or even a Glock or a Walther. Let me tell you about this. Now see, see why it's shaped like this. This is what. Now feel this. Feel. Did you feel that? Oh, that's good. Now, now feel this. And it's not as good, right? Now, you, and and they'll tell you all about it, and they'll tell you why it's good and why you like it, and and how easy or how hard this is, or what you might like better, or anything. They have a lot of passion. About other firearms, even Glocks. You know, the, the worst part about it is, is I'm sitting here picturing the guy who sold me my first handgun. And when I originally went in and talked to the guy, uh, because it was really the only thing I had actually had an opportunity to shoot before, because it was what they were renting at the uh, indoor range my brother and I had gone to, was a Smith & Wesson M&P Compact. Mm-hmm. And... I, I sit there and went, you know, this is what I'm thinking about getting. He, and his, I can picture him right now. His response was, well, if, 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 you, if that's what you want. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and, like, I'm not going to tell you, no, I have them for sale. <laughs> well, no, because even then it was kind of like, uh, well, is, 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 there, is there something wrong with that? And he went, no, there's nothing really wrong with it, but. <laughs> 
have you considered this? <laughs> <laughs> this thing or this Glock or this and almost anything like insert anything here. And it's it's more passionate. Except for a sky. Yeah, well, yeah, except for a sky. You know, like uh, give you an example. Uh, friends of ours came out and shot the other day uh, with us, and we had a young lady with us. She's about 26, 27, and uh, she was looking for a handgun. or She wanted to shoot handguns to, to see what she liked, and, and I have a selection, and, and I brought a selection out for her to shoot. And she picked up you know, something big like my Beretta 92FS, which is my beloved gun, and it was just too big for her. It was too big for her to, to hang on to. She's not a small girl, but she she... Couldn't really hold on to it, and she shot a wild pattern with it. She's like, I don't like this. I'm like, fair enough. Try this. No, I don't like that one either. Okay, try this. Uh, it's not good. And then she picked up the Ruger, uh, the Security 9. And at 15 yards, put a whole, you know, put all 10 rounds in the size of a grapefruit in about four seconds. And she, oh, this is much better. I'm like, all righty, that's your gun. <laughs> Right? That's whatever it is about that style and that shoot and that handle and that grip and, and all that. You need one more like this. Now, fast forward a couple weeks later and she texted me and wound up buying it. But because um, I wasn't going to shoot it, I went back to my Spectrum because uh, that's what I carry. Uh, but and if I wanted a a a, a dresser drawer gun, I... I have the Beretta, you know, it's got 15 rounds. I can hold a better pattern with it than I can any other handgun I own. Uh, it's it's pretty good, you know. It's it's difficult to argue with a Beretta 92. But uh, you know, when you when you have a gun, now the Ruger isn't stylish and all that, and it is it's probably not the best 9mm handgun out there. However, it is very functional, it's very reliable, and even it uh, has more character. Yeah, yeah. That's, I guess, the word I'm looking for: character, than uh, uh, a Smith and Wesson um, automatic. Now, I love Smith and Wesson revolvers. Love them. Oh yeah. I think they're amazing. Um, I'm just not a big fan of their shield series, and I, I can't. It's there's just something too clinical about it, and I, and I know that's that's probably just me being a gun snob, but. I, I can't get there from here. Uh, almost any other manufacturer. I loved. I, I liked the Rugers. I liked the the Security Nine enough to pick one up. Um, I think it's a neat little gun. I like it better than a Glock, and it's basically patterned after a Glock. Uh, I, I, I hell, I like the Glocks better than than the Smiths, and I hate Glock. <laughs> it's just boring. Uh, the Springfields, though, those are those are the nasty. Springfields are- they're, the thing with be, the Springfields is, is that they look they really suck cool. You, oh, they suck you in. They look so bad, except for the the, the grip zone thing on the side of it. You got to get rid of that. But but they always look so neat. You're like, oh, what is that? Oh, it's a Springfield. And the the so, second thing after I see it's a Springfield that runs through my mind is always, oh, I can probably afford that, <laughs> which is bad, <laughs> you know. No, and, and as I said, they're thinking that the single stack 45 for the XD might actually work for me. How okay, many does it hold? I can see where you're going with this. How, yeah, how um, many does it hold? Five. 
five. Five. Plus one in the pipe. Now, if I recall, there was a guy who sounded just like you who said, he, I'm, just, I'm just, let me get this straight here, who said that why would he consider having a single stack that, sh- that has less than eight rounds in a firearm when there are double stacks that have ten and up? Do you remember that conversation? Uh, well, the, Hawkside Guns I, I representative? Do. I, I do. I, I remember it, and I know I was the one who said it. And here's the logic that I'm throwing at myself at the moment. It's a 45, and my t- tiny little hands are not going to hold a double-stack 45. How how about a double-stack 380? You get 12... 15 rounds with those and, and... I just, but I want I want a 45 <laughs> but I want a 45 <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give you this they do look cool I, I mean <laughs> I, I as much as much as I give you crap they look freaking cool I saw one uh, the other day oh, with oh, Shields Hey, they uh, look know, as it is, as it is, if even even above and beyond, you, you know, the crap I'm getting from you, I'm going to get the same crap, if not worse, when they see it show up at the gun store. They're going to look at <laughs> who me ordered and this and go, really? No, no, it's not even going to be like who ordered this. They're going to look and see my name on it and go, really? Seriously? Really? <laughs> Do you want me to just put it in the used case now? <laughs> you can pay me for it, but it's where it's going to go. <laughs> Oh, how much do they run? Uh, four ninety nine. Oof. Well, well, that's remember that's retail. <sighs> See, if it was over five hundred bucks, I'd just say it's not worth the money. Um, I would agree. But uh, I mean, is this going to be a toy? Probably. Yeah, it's not going to be like a carry gun. It's just so I can have a forty five. Yeah, it might be kind of fun to play with. I mean, seriously, it, it might be kind of fun because you're just like, pop, 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 you know, and then you're just, uh, time to reload, you know. <laughs> Do they have an extended magazine for it, or is it, is it four plus one only? Yeah, no, it does come with, an, it, it comes with two. It comes with the, the flesh fit that holds five, and I think the other one holds like two more. Oh, that's kind of cool, man. It really is. <laughs> How much is a box of 45 now, though? I don't know. Part of the reason why I want a 45 is because I actually have a ton of extra 45 ammo that I have nothing to shoot it with. What did you have? That, oh, no, you had your 1911, didn't you? That is since gone. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a 1911 guy. You know, I tried. I tried and tried and tried. I was going to do it, and I I shot a bunch of them. I shot the Rock Island, which is probably where I was headed. I shot a Colt government model, which I get. I get why people like them. I do. They're sweet little guns, and they do some really cool things. And I actually, I think, I think, I think, if I was prepared to spend fifteen hundred bucks on a 1911, it would be worth it. But I'm not. And I just kept going. God, this is a lot of shotgun I could buy with what I would have to spend to make this 
shootable or, or what I would want. And to, cause of course, you know my taste. It's not going to be a drab government model. It's not going to be blued in any way. Mine would be, you know, like El Chapo's. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, it'd be stainless or nickel or, you know, stainless with gold engraving and, you know, gold filigree handles and ridiculous, you know, mirror plated everything. And, uh, you know, I, it, it would be stupid. Um, but, to get that level of like Liberace bling, uh, it would it would be upwards of you know eighteen hundred or two thousand dollars, and I'm just not gonna spend that on a single stack forty five caliber automatic. It's not like no, <laughs> it just I I look I'll spend stupid monies on guns. All right, I, look I just threw bad money after. <laughs> <laughs> an old ass gun that's older than my father, as almost as old as my father. All right, like I'm willing to spend stupid money on guns. Just I don't know, not a pistol and not a single stack 45 caliber. And I know there's guys who live and die by them, um, and and love them to death. Uh, there's some stuff I guess I'm just too young to do, like carry it around on half cock. Like nope. <laughs> Well, it's completely safe. No, it's not. And no, I'm not doing it. And there's guys who walked around the jungle with them. My father had one and and he walked around with it on half cock and, and, you know, had it in a holster and and went through Vietnam with one um, because he didn't trust his M16. Look, I get it. I get it. I I know they're great. I can't get there from here. (laughs) That's terrible to say, but I can't get there from here. Um, well, speaking of, of ammunition though, how is the ammunition in your part of the world looking? Um, it comes and goes. Really? It depends on, it depends on the day. I mean, there's still a whole lot of 223 and 556. There's, um, uh, a bunch of 308 to be found. There's a lot of, there's a lot of rifle rounds to be found. As far as pistol rounds, uh, there's some 45. There's a whole lot of 40, but it's really expensive. Um, and nine millimeters hit and miss. Yeah, we have we have uh, co- consistently nine millimeter. Uh, well, I, well, I'll rephrase: affordable nine millimeter. Okay, that's that's a want, different story. If, yeah. if you want to spend fifty dollars a round, what's it actually going for? Like a, like like fifty dollars a box. Are they honestly charging for round nose? I, I, I no, there that is for hollow point. Okay, you can find hollow point. It's hollow point's expensive for round nose. You're seeing it anywhere from twenty-four to thirty-five dollars a box. Yeah, we're not much better. Now, now I can find it online for like fifteen dollars a box. Yeah, if you unfortunately I'm paying shipping them. Yeah, if you if you just go to the big box here, you're looking at about seventeen to nineteen dollars a box um, right now for nine millimeter here. Uh, you can find twenty-two. 22 is available. It's more expensive than it used to be, but you can find 22. You can normally find 380. And strangely enough, which I'm very thankful for, don't get me wrong, strangely enough, you can find 44 mag. Actually, uh, 380 is the one I haven't seen in a while. Really? Uh, 380 was just a, it's a recent addition in like the last month or two. Uh, where they, 380 started coming back. I'll tell you the ones that I can't get. You just cannot get your hands on here. 357. Yeah. 357 Auto. Yeah. And 38 Special. They're yeah. Just, you just can't get them. I mean, they're not here. 
Well, I, I've been actually getting most of my ammo online from, uh, I think it's Freedom Munitions or something like that. They've been doing really inexpensive remanufactured 9mm. Now, I wouldn't use that for my defensive rounds, but for, you know, going to the range, yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> most of the stuff I do is, is 12 and 20 gauge birdshot. Which um, and maybe some 410 here and there, which I can find for uh, not as cheap as it used to be. I mean, it used to be about five six bucks a box, depending on where you bought it. Now it's um, you know seven or eight bucks a box, but that's not it's not like a huge. It's not going to break the bank, you know. Uh, Percentage wise, it's about the same markup, but it's I mean it's not going to break the bank like going from. Ten dollars a box to twenty dollars a box, uh, like nine millimeter or or something like that. Um, the one that just hasn't come down yet for for here, even though it's it's back in, is three eighty. Three eighty is forty dollars a box, and you're just not getting away from that. Like it doesn't yeah. matter what you buy, whether it's round nose or whatever, and, and you can't find um, ballistic tip or hollow point three eighty. You know, like the like my favorite is horny cr- hor- horny hornady. Uh, no, you crit- had to write the first time. <laughs> Hornady critical defense. Um, you can't like in 380. You can't find it here. They just they're it, if you do, it's just gone. They might get a couple of boxes in or a case in, and it's just they it's gone the moment it comes on the shelf. So you can't find that. You can find um, all the steel shot for shotguns is back. You can find slugs. Um, you can find nine pellet buck. Um, Bird shot is all over, even though it's hunting season here in Texas. I don't know if it's, uh, uh, I don't know what the rules are there, but, um, you know, it's duck and both duck and deer season right now in Texas. So bird shots a little harder to come by, but if you get target load, it's all over the shelves and, and it's pretty available. The one that I find amazing is rifle rounds. If it's not two two three seven six two or five five six. It's available, but it's super expensive. Um, well, the, the Cabela's here still has an exorbitant amount of five five six at a recent at a recent excuse me a reasonable price. Uh, somewhere along the line, I still think that somebody just dumped off a bunch of them and went, <laughs> "Here you go," um, be, because it's still like twelve dollars a box, and it's kind of like it, wow. that's actually what I ended up buying instead of the handgun. I here at seven six two, you can find piles. I mean, there's an entire row of of ammunition here, and it's yeah, all seven six two. I still can't find a seven six two upper for my AR pistol. I don't know who's buying this because every time I go, like there's an entire island. The the way the the local store is is situated is it, it goes um, pistols, pistol rounds, uh, and then across the aisle from it is um, Birdshot shotguns. On the back side of that aisle, it's birdshot steel shot. Across the way is slugs and buck. Then the first thing after that on the back of that is rifle rounds. And then across the way from that is 762. It's got its own freaking aisle, and no one's ever in it. Yeah, that's that's well. I won't say nobody's ever in it, but that's the five five six where where I am. And I'm like, who? The, the, it's it's just rows and rows and rows of Winchester white box five five six. 
<laughs> you're like, who is who is the market for this? Like, who is buying? Obviously, no one, right? Because it's yeah. still there. So I figured I was saving myself um, four hundred bucks, so I bought a hundred dollars worth of five five six. I'm saving here. Here you go. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's, it's your it's your fault. It's my fault. And and it's and it's not like I'm 17 years old and about to take my AR to a riot or anything like that. <laughs> oh man, you know, I, I, we'll mention this real quick because we're going to do this on another show, uh, a different podcast. Uh, but I will say, you know. Once you got over the point that he shouldn't have been there, <laughs> once you got over the point that he did escalate the situation by carrying a rifle where people could see it, that is kind of an elevation, and he upped the stakes a little bit on that. Once you got past all of that and he was past curfew, which so was everybody else there, um, all those kind of things, once you got down to the thing where they were beating him and he shot them, that was self-defense. However could have been easily avoided by all parties and concerns. I Personal opinion. Uh, was the fact that he did it self-defense? Yes, I believe it was. Um, should he have been there? Hell no, he shouldn't have been there. Okay. Um, I'll do this in a little bit more detail in the other cast, but I've at least got to mention this here. Is, is what I've been thinking about this is, this is every bit is just stupidity. Let me count the ways. <laughs> So, way number one, this is stupid. The uh, police looked at the world and said, go ahead and riot, we're not going to do anything. That's stupid. P, uh, stupid level number two. Uh, guy gets left out of a mental institution in the middle of a riot. <laughs> level of stupidity number three. A 17-year-old. Now, I was trying to explain this to my wife because she's sitting there going, I don't understand what you mean by it. this keeps saying it's 17 years old. My daughter is 17 years old. I said, imagine her going to a riot with a rifle. Yeah, not okay. a good idea. <laughs> it, it, it's, at some point, there should have been an adult looking at him going, what the fuck are you doing? So there's stupidity number three. Stupidity number four, you have a guy and this was the aforementioned nutball, who is chasing a teenager who obviously doesn't have a whole lot of judgment skills going on with a rifle, chasing the rifle-bearing teenager, screaming, I'm going to kill you. Surprise, surprise, the kid shot him. Yeah, I wonder, what, <laughs> I wonder how that happened. Yeah. Okay. After that, you have another genius stupidity he brought a skateboard to a gunfight you've got a kid with a rifle and you're you're attempting to stop him by beating him with a skateboard surprise surprise he got shot yeah there's i mean technically he was being attacked he oh, was no, no, defending no, no, himself I, I i my my point in all of this is that there isn't an intelligent one in the group yet i wish this wasn't the example you know, I, and, and I agree, and I'll and I'll go even deeper and further into because because I, I have more levels of stupidity to count, but that we'll do in the next cast. <laughs> I have one more. What? Real quick, just one more, and it's in. You it, bought a gun while some, we've been sitting here. Um, no, I can't even get <laughs> Skype to work properly. You expect me to get? 
No, one one of them that caught me by surprise, and once again, that is something that can be a little bit more discussed on on uh, soapbox. But at the same time, because it is gun related, I wanted to throw it in here. I actually got hit with a not a gun control, but a gun uh, conversation that caught me by surprise because I couldn't argue against it. And surprisingly enough, John Stewart has a new show on at the moment called The Problem. And I sat down to watch it because I do like watching these things, even if they're not going to follow my political bent. Uh, excuse me. And the you know the episode was called The Problem with Guns. And I went, oh, shit, okay, there's no way in hell I'm going to agree with anything going on here. Much to my surprise, they actually talked about what they ended up talking about was the idea of uh, domestic abuse people still being able to find firearms. And I couldn't disagree with it a bit, and it really kind of caught me by surprise. I was standing there looking at the floor going, shit, they got me. Like domestic abusers finding guns? Yeah, no, no, because basically what it was is is I was expecting that they were going to be talking about, um, you know, just anti-gun everything. And the whole premise was is that it's already illegal for people who are guilty of domestic abuse, who have restraining orders against them for domestic abuse, um, to possess and own a firearm. But we're not enforcing that. And if you really take the statistics down, if you just manage to enforce that, that there's something in the nature of 60% of gun violence that would just go out the window right there. And it's not even by creating a new law. It's simply by taking the time to enforce the ones we already have. Oh, yeah. They're not big on that, though. Um, that's that's not politically efficient or um, expedient because at that point, what they'd have to be doing is working with their current law enforcement, and they don't want to do that. Uh, yes, and that's more, as I said, that's more of a something that could be gone into with the other cast. I think what was more I was going to throw out there is just because you hear somebody say about to go into what you think is an anti-gun conversation doesn't necessarily mean that they're going where you think they are. <laughs> Although Stewart's kind of crafty that way. Always has been. Oh, oh, no, and that's actually one of the reasons why I like him is because it is, uh, even though I may not necessarily always agree with where he's going, he's making an intelligent point. Yeah, with him, he kind of always does, and that's the maddening thing because sometimes you agree with him and sometimes you don't, but what you can't discount is the intelligence and the angle he was coming from normally. It's like, well, I kind of see that. I, I may not agree with it or I may not want to agree with it or something like that, but I can see it was a well-made point. And, yeah, Stewart's, Stewart's lethal like that. Yeah, he got me. <laughs> but that's all I got. I just figured I'd throw that out there that it, just because somebody start, you, you, just because somebody starts talking about what you think is about to be an anti-gun thing, uh, don't necessarily roll your eyes until you listen to what they have to say. Hey, that's what we we all got to start doing that a little bit more, you know. And just because you're two A doesn't mean that nothing can be done wrongly with a gun. Of course it can, you know. And honestly, it's up to the two A people to police that harder, you know, or or enforce or talk about or find solutions for that harder than other people because we're actually people who perhaps come with the come to more knowledge about that or, or say, Oh, well this would make sense because this would be easier. We could enforce it this way, or perhaps we could do this and, and make those intelligent decisions and in smart way, you know, uh, smart, um, conversations. Cause you know, if it's not gun lovers who, who are coming up with this, it's going to be people who don't like guns. 
<laughs> and their solutions are going to be hands down worse. So at least that's my two cents on it. Thank you, guys. Thank you for hanging out, and we will see you next time. On behalf of Jake Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, check us out at hawkseyeguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.